Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my hostess with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. Just Jen. We're, you're along with us as we are spreading a message of hope. Hope filling the world on a mission to engender hope in all. Okay. Wow, that was kind of good, huh? <laughs> yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. That was like, it was, yeah. It was different. This was the hope train of moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! That's mine. That's yours? Yeah, I well, say you choo-choo. Some, you sometimes rob me, like you stole you know my intro. that when I was a kid, my nickname was Choo-choo? What? Yeah. I have never, ever, I've been with you yeah. for 31 years. I've never, ever heard that in my life. Yeah. What do you mean it was my choo-choo? My dad used to call me choo-choo. Why was it choo-choo? I don't even know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know, but like it's all just came back to me because, hello, now it's like full circle. Now I'm saying choo-choo. Well, it also has a double meaning because you love food. Yeah? What's choo Chew. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the funny joke of the day. Did I get you? <laughs> yeah. You see? Yeah. I was waiting for you to. Yeah. Catch no, up. my dad used to call me Choo Choo. That's interesting. And my sister was Nini. What? I don't know. I don't know. I had a weird family. I still have a weird family. Yeah. Who doesn't have a weird family? Um. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's got a weird family. Everyone's got. Everyone's got that weird uncle. Yeah. You know yeah. that uncle. Yeah. You know, everyone's got the grandma that's a little bit more touchy feeling with her advice and, you know, perspective. <laughs> and I'm not speaking about my mom, our kid's <laughs> grandma, by the way. Mom, she always listens to the show. Mom, I'm not talking about you. No. But I'm just talking about that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't know. And my brother's name was BR. What? So it was, you know, the three of us. It was BR, Choo Choo, and Nini. I don't know. What does that mean? I just, I forgot until just now. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. So can I start calling you Choo Choo? Um, no, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like that. What nickname can I call you? Just what? Jen. That's what I got to do. Yeah, just Jen. Mm-hmm. I think it should, a nickname should be a name that's not your name. What are you going to call me? Um, what? Do, I don't know. You used Sean? to call. You used to call me a name. I used to call you a name. Brucey Russell. Oh, yes. Brucey Russell. <laughs> Sean. Well, see, here's the thing is Sean's middle name is Bruce. And my one of my maiden names, because I had two. that's a whole nother show. That should be a show. But um, one of my maiden names was Lee. And so when Sean and I got married, I thought he should change his name to Lee instead of me going to Davis. So he could be Sean Bruce Lee. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Brucey Russell. That's what we call him. <laughs> that originated from a uh, stint I did in sales. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a guy that used to come on. And so I, I was nicknamed that because of right. other people. Yeah. Yeah. So other people get, that's how all nicknames come, right? Other people give them to you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have nicknames. What? I don't have a nickname for me. Determined. Fierce. No. Viking. No. Well, I am a Viking. <laughs> That's just that's just a fact. All right, let's get on with the show. Okay. How about we do joke time? Joke time. Joke, joke. Sean, Sean and Jen tell a joke. Joke okay. time. Who's who's going to tell the funnier joke? Me or Jen? Um, me. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. 
What do you get if you throw two banana peels on the floor? What do you get if you throw two banana peels on the floor? It sounds like, to me, a broken neck. A pair of slippers. (laughs) And probably a broken neck. (laughs) That's true. I would not want those as slippers. That would create a mess. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine walking around, sleding around on yeah. a pair of banana peels you in your leave kitchen like, floor. You would leave like gooey trails. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. No. Someone's got to clean you that just, up. You create an awful, for a home renovation couple, you just create an awful <laughs> amount of work imagining in my head. <laughs> okay. All right. So you ready for my joke? I'm so ready. What do you call a bee that can't make up its mind? A bee that can't make up its mind. <laughs> a dumb bee? No, a maybe. Oh. Well, you, Did could I be win? A, you could be a dumb bee too. No, you didn't win. What's a dumb bee? A bee that's dumb. No, it's it, the joke is like a play on words. It's a maybe. What do you call a bee that can't make up its mind? It's a maybe. A dumb bee. Jennifer. I like dumb bee. See? Oh, t- like Gumby. What? Like, it's a Gumby. Well, that could have been it. <laughs> I changed what you, my answer. Wh- what do you call a bee you can blow bubbles with? A gumby. A gumby. We just yeah. made our own joke. Oh my gosh. We need to write this down. We're we should Wait, wait, our, wait, wait, wait. I I've, I've made up all my own jokes. What? What are you talking about? No. Yeah. I'm this creative. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I've got a special guest coming on the show. Her name is Mariah Heller and she is a coach. She's a fitness person. She's actually uh, competing in figure competitions, but she runs a company called Pain Free Fitness. Nice. And her story is that she has had a um, debilitating, painful disease that has created problems in her ligaments and her joints. So basically, she she at any given time is always experiencing some level of chronic persistent Mm -hmm. pain so we're going to talk to her a little bit about that but more importantly than that we're going to talk to her about how she has overcome that pain to now thrive and not only thrive but to help other people overcome pain in their life to live a fit healthy productive life so i'm excited to hear what she has to say does she still have pain she still does have pain yes but she like mentally blocks it out yeah the disease is called ehlers danlos and it's it's she can't just mentally make it go away but what she can do is is work within the bounds of how her body is responding at that time there's some days that it's difficult for her to work out but in that type of a situation she might pivot to working on her mind because we all know how powerful the mind is or she might pivot to doing something with a different body part that isn't giving her a trial or tribulation Mm -hmm. whatever she can do and I think the message is do what you can but you know be moving forward so I'm interesting yeah I'm excited to talk with her so shall we get her online let's call her all right all right, I've got Mariah Heller on the line. Mariah, welcome to the show. What is up? How's it going? <laughs> it's going. It's a beautiful day, sunshine, blue skies. You know, I, I could complain, but then you sound like a whiner, so why bother? <laughs> exactly. It is a beautiful day. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, I was so excited and, and interested to speak with you because I've read a little bit about your journey to health, wellness, and fitness. And I heard about you 
struggling with chronic pain, and you'd mentioned a disease yeah. I had never heard of before in my life. It was called Ehlers-Danlos, and so, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm gathering that you've come to slay that dragon of that disease to some degree, and you're out spreading the message that you can work out, that you can be fit even though you deal with pain and or chronic pain. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think with, with pain-free fitness, my whole message is that there is no one size fits all. And it's about empowering people to figure out what it is that they can do and that they, they feel is going to work for them to help them get those small wins in their fitness and wellness. So it really kind of depends on the person. For me personally, that's been a huge part of informing the work that I do today. So tell us a little bit about Ehlers-Danlos. What kind of a, of a disease sure. is that? And specifically, what does it do to you physically in your body, et cetera, relative to pain and fatigue, et cetera? I should start off by saying that I have been dealing with chronic pain since, I mean, I'm 28 now. I've been dealing with pain on the more chronic level since I was 16, 17. It hit really hard when I was 18. The Ehlers-Danlos diagnosis, the average time to diagnosis from the onset of symptoms is 10 to 12 years. I actually did not get my diagnosis because I, I do fall in that category. It took a while. I didn't get the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome until late last year. So it's still kind of something that I am actually learning about for so long. For so many years, I had just accepted, well, I just have this pain. I have a lot of musculoskeletal issues or maybe it's something else that we didn't know. But Ehlers-Danlos is new to me as well. So I'm by no means an expert on it. But there are, I think, 13 different types of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. At its core, this is a disease or an issue that affects the connective tissues. If you know anything about anatomy, you know that connective tissues are everywhere in the body. They are around the organs, they're around the heart, they're in the muscles and the ligaments, tendons, cartilage, all of those places in your skin. So having a disorder that systemically affects your connective tissues is going to affect you in a huge way. Now, there are 13 different types of Ehlers-Danlos. The type that I have is type 3, which is hypermobility type. What that means is that on the macro level, you have joints that extend very, very far beyond their normal range of motion. So that's the one aspect of it, which is dangerous in itself because, as you can imagine, if you are hyperextending or moving beyond a healthy range of motion all the time and you don't know it because your pain receptors are not kicking in to tell you that, you do a lot of damage to your body without knowing it. But there is the issues of the connective tissue in the skin. Skin tends to be a lot more pliable. You will bruise and scar and tear your skin easily. Some people wind up having heart palpitations just because the connective tissue around the heart is affected. There's definitely a chronic inflammation aspect, which they think lends itself to the chronic pain. That's just one type of Ehlers-Danlos. There's also Ehlers-Danlos that affects the vascular system in particular and different types of this disease. I think it's really important to speak on those as well. Yeah. Because my experience is, on, is only with my type. Yeah, I guess it makes it really challenging because it, it almost seems like the way it presents itself, it masks as many other things. It's got to be so long and so chronic that you then get a chance to have doctors go, okay, well, we've crossed this bridge. We've crossed this bridge. We've crossed this bridge. And the last thing that yep. uh, they come to is this Ehlers-Danlos diagnosis. And so is that why it takes so long? I think so. I think it's also invisible illnesses are really difficult because you don't necessarily have 
I mean, some people do, but a lot of us don't have visible signs of anything being wrong. Blood work is normal. I am not bound to a wheelchair or anything. Some people with Ehlers-Danlos actually are. I personally am not. So I think any invisible illnesses, Ehlers-Danlos included, they tend to take a, a really long time to diagnose because the only thing that any medical professionals have to go off of is the way that you say that you feel. I actually got my Ehlers-Danlos diagnosis because I started researching and I, I didn't suggest it to my doctor, but I just said, hey, what do you think about this? You know, all of my symptoms seem to match what this is. And then that's when I was able to be set up with, with a geneticist and they were able to confirm that for me. But I think a lot of people with invisible illnesses, no matter what they are, tend to have that experience. Oh, well, nothing shows up in your blood work. Your thyroid's fine. Your iron levels are normal. You're good. Well, I'm still feeling this. I, I'm in pain all the time. I'm tired all the time. Obviously, everything's not okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, so, it's one of those things yeah. that you do have to do your own research. You do have to advocate because, you know, I've experienced that. Or even our kids have experienced that where it feels like yeah. sometimes you're just not being heard. And then you start to second guess yourself and go, okay, am I crazy? Is yeah. this in my head? I think that it's good that you found the root cause. The symptoms for you, how it presented for you was fatigue, tiredness, mm -hmm. pain. What else? Mm -hmm. Definitely all of those. The obvious symptoms were the chronic fatigue, which can be extreme pain, lightheadedness. I do have the heart palpitations as well, occasionally really, really easy to get injured. So that's actually what I thought was going on with me for a long time. I thought maybe I just had kind of regular joint hypermobility and I had just injured so many of my joints that that's why my whole body hurt all the time. Other things that I did not realize were symptoms but do tend to show up in people with Ehlers-Danlos. Things like bruising and scarring and, and maybe tearing the skin easier. Things like really easily getting stretch marks. Those things also show up, but I hadn't considered that a problem or a symptom until I researched and was like, oh, that's why that happened. Once you found out what you were suffering from, once you found out it was Ehlers-Danlos, sure. what came sure. next? What was the treatment protocol? How did you find the path that you're on now? It sounds like you almost had to chart your own new path because it doesn't sound like a lot of people maybe understood what you were dealing with in terms of trying to be physically fit, but also dealing with this disease? Yeah, here's the thing with, with Ehlers-Danlos. Because I had been dealing with all of these symptoms for a decade, maybe a little bit more, the diagnosis itself didn't really change anything that I was doing. The diagnosis, if anything, was a huge relief. And it was something that uh, took a lot of anxiety kind of off of my shoulders because I was finally able to say, okay, it's very possible that these things that I'm dealing with are permanent. And it's not because of anything that I'm doing wrong. It's not because I'm, you know, my chronic fatigue is not due to me just being lazy or me just having really, you know, maybe crappy sleep and I'm not taking care of myself or whatever it is. It's, it's, this is something that happens and it's something that I may have to deal with all the time. And that was, that was honestly the, the really freeing part of getting that diagnosis is being like, cool, this, this is what it is now. Not expecting to wake up the next day and feel radically different for some reason. Yeah, you just um, expected it maybe but, to go away or you just wanted it to go away and it wasn't going away. And then I, I imagine dealing with yeah. it for as long as you dealt with it, like you're just sitting here going like, 
is this just in my head? Like you can, I could see you doing yeah. that. So to actually physically have yeah. a diagnosis saying, yes, this is what it is, must've been relieving. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had, I was actually pleasantly surprised because with the type of Ehlers-Danlos that I have, there's no treatment. You just, you manage the symptoms and the signs going forward and you develop a healthy relationship with pain. And all of that I had, I had really already done just kind of doing my research and being in the field that I'm in over the years, I had put together a plan for myself where I said, all right, here are the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I work really, really a lot on my body awareness and my joint stability. I'm going to make sure that I always have a plan B so that if I'm in pain one day and I still want to move, I know that I can pull all of these other tricks out of the hat so that I can still kind of reach my goals or at least take a step to get there. And also, I'm just going to practice radical acceptance for how my body is right now, not how it used to be when I was growing up, right? Because that's an issue that a lot of a lot of my clients and I dealt with for several years on, at the onset of my chronic pain. It was like, well, man, if I could just get my body back to how I felt when I was 15 or 16, that would be great. And you have to let that go. You have to say, nope, this is how it is right now. If I wake up like this again tomorrow, what, I, what am I going to do about it? Sure, yeah, sure. let's let's break that because I think that's a really, really important piece that you just said. Yep. And I think it has everything to do with attitude and, and mental talk to yourself, you know, because my, my son, yep. he's trying to uh, uncover right now what has been causing him some back pain. He's been re- dealing with recurring back pain for probably maybe nine months, 10 months. We thought maybe it was him working in a sandwich shop and always kind of be slightly bent over at the counter, but he's been out of that job now for, you know, almost a month and uh, hasn't had any uh, release yet of, of the pain. So I guess my point being okay. that he has, he's been pretty consistent about lamenting, I just want to be back. Is this going to be the way I am? Like his his self-talk has been, somewhat negative you know it's either sure. you know I used to be this now am I going to deal with this for the rest of my life and I, I think your point about kind of letting go of that acknowledging where you are right now and almost doing something like a like a gratitude journal you know being grateful for what you can yeah. do being grateful for what you yes. are able to do you know like concentrating on the positive versus the negative and that's mm-hmm. what you're sharing right Absolutely. So definitely kind of several things to cover with that. And I'll try to be as succinct as possible. First off, I think it's important for me to acknowledge that this was not an overnight process for me. Like when I first started dealing with chronic pain in the way that I was dealing with it, there's a there's a morning period that I went through. Absolutely. Where you say, I mean, it's, it's not just about not being able to do the things that you that you did before, but you we define ourselves by the things that we can do and we don't realize that. But especially if you have, does he have like an athletic background or did he play sports prior? Well, he's got an athletic background. He likes to lift weights, work out, you know, he's very conscientious of his body and very attuned to what he eats and structure and that kind of thing. And so he just feels like this has just thrown him completely off his game and he hasn't figured out a way to adapt yet. Exactly. So that is something that I run across super, super commonly with my clients that come from an athletic background, especially because you don't realize how much of your identity gets wrapped up in the specific activities that you were doing before. So it's not just that you're an active person. We don't really think about, we don't really think about the end state. We kind of think about the tools that we're using and it's, it's, I'm so used to lifting these weights or I'm so used to playing this sport and that's who I am. 
And then you lose that when you get injured or when you deal with pain because you can't do that anymore without hurting or without exacerbating current injuries. So it is really hard, and I should acknowledge that. Now, that being said, something that I like to walk my clients through when they come see me is, let's say I have two clients walk into the room. They have the exact same injury, right? Let's say it's, it's a torn meniscus or something like that. Client A, the way that they speak about their injury is, I'm here to see you because my knee hurts and I can't do any of the things that I wanted to do. My knee hurts all the time. I've gained 25 pounds. All I can do is lay on the couch. I can't run anymore. I used to love to run, and it's just awful. It's a nightmare. Client B, exact same injury, comes in and says, I'm here to see you because I want to maybe develop some solutions. I've been working around this pain. It's not really that big of a deal, but I I do have some knee pain, and I just kind of want to figure out if there's any way that I can relieve that. But in the meantime, I'm going to do what I can. Now, if I were to give both of those clients a pain scale from 1 to 10, and ask them where they were on it, which client do you think would rate higher? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, probably the first one, right? So pain is such, is so, so, so guided by perception. Um, and that doesn't mean that that a physical issue isn't present. But if you can shift your mindset around pain to what I call a symbiotic yet proactive relationship with your pain, that is kind of the, the starting point to where you start to actually heal. Because as long as you stay stuck in that point, it's the same thing with weight loss, right? So let's say you're 200 pounds and you get down to 150 pounds. If your mindset and your habits and everything are still in like of a 200 pound person, you're not going to sustain that weight loss. It's the same thing with pain management. So if your mindset is still stuck in the past and if you're still stuck on maybe complaining about your pain or or trying to get your body back to a point that might be unreasonable for you, you're not going to be able to genuinely heal. I feel like you're a counselor as much as you're a physical therapist slash coach slash kick your butt in the gym yeah. kind of gal, you know, <laughs> like you've got to be all modalities. Yeah. And, and, and I think that your point and the point that we're trying to make collectively is well heard that your mind is extremely powerful in this process. It can either make things better or it can make things worse. And how you feed it with what you say to yourself in your mind about yourself is critically important. And what you say about your pain is critically important and the situation. That's basically what you're sharing with us. Absolutely. And also your, your mind then the way that you think will dictate your actions as well. So you want to make sure that you are really, really getting in tune with what your legitimate goal is, like getting to the root of what your goal is. So let's say for your son, for example, he didn't lift weights just to lift weights, right? So if we did some activities with him, which I'm sure you guys have done some form of, but if you did some activities with him and you said, why did you lift weights every day before? Well, I I wanted to be strong. Why did you want to be strong? I wanted to do X, Y, and Z things, right? So you can kind of get to the root of why why it is someone's doing something. There are always other things you can do to get there. But we just get caught up in the methodology that we are currently using at that time. And that's what we get stuck on. And so that's what I try to really hone in with my clients as well. Like, what is your goal? Okay, what are 10 other ways we can reach that goal aside from what you were doing before that's now hurting you? Yeah. Instead of focusing on what you've lost, focus on the plan to regain it in a different way. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly. powerful. So maybe you can talk about yeah. some of the things that you find yourself now in your in your practice and in your business doing the most of. What kind of people are coming to see you? What kind of examples of problems have you been able to help them overcome now that you yourself have been on a 10 plus year journey to, you know, physical fitness and optimum physical fitness, even though you've suffered from chronic pain? So I think the the typical client that is going to seek out my services is someone that has already been dealing with pain for a pretty long time. That is the, the demographic that, that I tend to get. Now, once in a while, I'll get someone that is acutely injured or they are maybe just intimidated to participate in a regular fitness regime for whatever reason. But most of the time people come to me because they've been hurting for a long time. They haven't really been able to work that out on with, you know, kind of for themselves. Maybe they've lost some motivation. That's what they're coming to me for. Now, that being said, my methodology tends to be a make sure that you are seeing some kind of a qualified medical professional first. I'm not a medical practitioner. I don't claim to be. So when I'm working in conjunction with like a physical therapist or a medical doctor or or some other specialist, that is super, super helpful. But aside from that, I do a lot of mindset work with my clients. So it's a lot about getting to the root kind of of what we talked about, right? What are the things that you can't do that are, that are making you feel uh, in, in some kind of a negative way? Um, What, what is the root cause? What is your overall goal? Okay. Let's figure out now what we can do to get you to that goal and making sure that we know kind of the, the micro progressions that we're going to use over time, making sure that I make it very, very clear with them that healing is not linear. Healing is uh, a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) There are going to be some weeks where you feel great and then you're going to be like, awesome. I'm never going to have that back pain or that shoulder pain again. And the next week you're steering your car and you hurt your shoulder again. And then, <laughs> you feel like you're back to square one, right? But really you're not because we work on building up this toolbox that you can pull from where we have so many creative solutions. And I really try to get people to appreciate, like you said, what their bodies can do in lieu of, okay, your shoulder hurts you. You can't press overhead for a couple of weeks. So what? Let's let's work on something else. There's so many other cool things you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I know that's kind of a roundabout answer, but every program is different. A lot of the time I have a, a client, for example, that has mitochondrial myopathy, which is the form of muscular dystrophy for her. We change things daily. Like she'll message me and, and something's going on. She has a flare up or something like that. We shift the program right then. So it really depends on the person as far as kind of what it is exactly that we do. Now, you were able to yourself through this whole process become a figure competitor, right? Like you were able to manage your body, manage your pain to the point where you would compete in bodybuilding competitions. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm actually prepping for my first competition right now. It's it's about five weeks away. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of a new challenge that I decided to take on for myself in the last year. That's incredible. Like, I I just feel like, you know, that's hope filling to some people that maybe have wrestled with the challenges of dealing with both physical activity and pain management at the same time to to see somebody that has overcome that and now, you know, honed themselves, their physicality and their body to the point where you could actually compete, even though you've had chronic pain for 10 plus years is, is incredible to me. So, you know, give me some examples of some success, success stories 
that you have been part of in terms of helping clients that are remarkable and or stand out in your mind as examples of what is possible if you have the right mindset, attitude, and coach? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to cover there, I mean, thank you, first of all, but I also, I think it's important to just for the sake of, I don't know, because if I was listening to this five years ago, I would probably have, have kind of checked out like, <laughs> all right, I'm never going to be a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, not that that's their and, focus. And I think it's, I think that it's just super important for me to cover that I have definitely not gotten over my, my pain or my fatigue. I just, work around it now. And so that's something that a lot of people don't understand. I, I never really talked about my physical state prior to, you know, in this last year, because I didn't think clients cared. But I do think it's actually important for me to be like, hey, I am still in pain every single day. Like I still have to make multiple adjustments to the program that I'm on. I am still tired and I have to trick myself into motivating myself to train. I'm no different from anybody else that's in pain um, and dealing with those things. I just show up. I think that that is so much of the battle right there. It's just, just kind of showing up and working around what you can. So that's, that's a huge thing that I try to cover with everybody that I train. Like sometimes it's not going to be super fun and you may feel like this for a long time, but you have to make the decision if, if you're going to do it or not. With my clients, I think the biggest success story is actually the, the one that I was just talking to you about. So she and I still work together regularly. She is a woman that came to me. She has uh, a, a pretty rare mitochondrial disorder, which means that even a change in weather could set her back three weeks. It could turn from summer to winter, and she could be, I mean, stuck on the couch with some kind of pain or other, you know, she gets she gets infections really easily, things like that. So she is a remarkable woman. She's so funny, and she's just super strong. She is someone that, honestly, I'm really, really proud of her because she has changed her mindset so much since we started working together, where she just absolutely dreaded doing anything physical. I'm not a nagger, but I would have to really, really uh, encourage <laughs> encourage her to do strongly what we, encourage that out to do. Yeah, and now she's at a point where she is actually celebrating her wins with me, and she sent me so many messages over the last couple of months. Even when she's dealing with pain and she has to take some time off in the gym, she's just she's so impressed with her own strength, and that's what is guiding her to kind of make those decisions that I talked about about just all right you're not going to feel good every day. What are you going to do about it? And so we, we work a lot on that with her. And even if she can't work out because some days she can't and some days I can't, we, we try to figure out something else that she can do. Let's, let's practice some diaphragmatic breathing. Let's work on another skill or set some goals or something like that. So I think that's my, my biggest um, success story. And then otherwise, you know, I've just, I've dealt with probably thousands of bodies over the years being a trainer and a coach of group group classes for 10 years. So really seeing people come through these physical transformations and kind of come to terms with, with how their bodies are changing and things like that. I love seeing that. How important is the mind work component? How much coaching do you have to give on that whole mindset and where people focus their attention? Are they focusing on the negative or are they focusing on the positive? I mean, I would think that that would be a pretty significant part of what you have to help people to see and or realize and then ultimately overcome? Yeah, it's, it's a huge part of it. I'm writing my full-length book right now, which is kind of the 30-day pain-free guide. And I have two other eBooks that are all physical. And 
I read them now and I'm like, I say nothing about mindset in here. And I, I needed to change that. So I think especially over the last probably year, the mindset and perception piece has become huge, especially after learning more about how pain actually works and how it does originate in the brain. Having the, the mindset and kind of the, you know, the neuro-linguistic aspect of that is huge. It's definitely something that's heavy in the work that I do, but I've also found that you, with most people, you can't throw it at them all at once. So I will wait until certain situations arise, and then that's a good time to go over certain mindset techniques. You've got to have a balance between giving people what they want and what they need. Yeah, just like the example that you shared with the woman that has uh, chronic pain. You like you you said you know the weather changes and she might be on the couch or might not be able to physically work out for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Doesn't mean that you couldn't be doing some of those mind work, physical you know the mindset type coaching while she's you know, not able to physically work out. So that's a, that's a good example. So here's a different question for you. In the midst of the uncertainty of your own situation, not knowing what was going on with you, but knowing that there was something going on that was causing this chronic or fatigue pain, how did you maintain a positive attitude? How did you maintain hope for your future, given what you were wrestling with? For the first couple of years, I didn't. <laughs> Just to be totally honest, and that's part of <laughs> Just why to be I candid. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a part of why I do what I do today is because I'm hoping I can help people get over that hump faster than I did because it took me a while. When I was 20 or 21, I had to get my right hip reconstructed, and then I had to get another surgery on my left hip and my left groin, and I got those around the same time, and I was down for the count. That reconstructive surgery on the hip is about a nine-month recovery, and so I was down. I came out of that and six months after surgery, after being laid out for a long time or six months after I was able to resume activity, I should say, I was in a better spot than I was when I got into it. I think that was a really big moment for me to realize like your body can really take a lot and your routine can be disrupted to a very large degree and you can keep going and two years later or whatever however long down the road that's going to be a blip on the radar so that actually was a really big lesson for me and then otherwise it's been pretty gradual as far as just developing my own way of thinking around how to deal with my pain because I had to because nobody else really knew what to do with me do I want to be upset that I'm hurting again today and that the same tools are not available to me today that were yesterday? Or do I want to just figure out how to work around it? So it's almost like every time you encounter the obstacle, you've got to consciously talk yourself through it. Okay, what do I want to be right now? What do I want to do? Do I want to lament the problem? Do I want to focus on that? Do I want to give up? Or do I want to find an alternative solution, a workaround, a, you know, uh, yeah. some way to overcome and still forward progress? And I imagine having yeah. those little wins over time add up to a big win because people that have not normally been accustomed to having a physical win because of either pain or pain management now see that and they can see some progress. And I I think that is what gives them hope about a future that they can see themselves thriving in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's kind of kind of reaching here, but it's kind of similar to what you hear in, in like the sales world. When you make a sale, you are X percentage more likely to make the next sale because you are just like so excited and and you have that confidence and that optimism about it. And whoever it is on the other side can probably feel that. 
I think it's kind of similar with exactly what you're talking about, right? When we acknowledge and celebrate our wins and we give ourselves as many opportunities as we can to get those wins, all the better because you're just going to be inspired to do more. It's also like the uh, law of attraction, which I'm a big believer in. You know, what you focus on, Mm -hmm. you will attract. And so if you're focusing on and lamenting the negative aspects of your life, like I feel like you're calling out and or solidifying those negative aspects to stay or to attract more but yet if you're focusing on the positive if you if you have a strong mental attitude and a, and a and specifically speaking about your future in a positive way and your situation now yeah. in a positive way i think that that does huge huge benefit to the cause of making forward progress yeah yeah no i totally agree so something that i will that i will have my clients do and that i'm i'm mapping out in the book right now is kind of an exercise where you do acknowledge the worst case scenario which is kind of counterintuitive because most people don't like to do that but i will i will actually have people write down what is the worst case scenario with this well the worst case scenario is that my knee is never going to get better okay, let's write down what that would actually look like. And then once you acknowledge that that's a possibility, how would you choose to make the best out of that situation? Because you can still find ways. I mean, if you can never do squats again, or you always, you know, whatever it is, you can still find ways to uh, improve your health and improve your fitness and your well-being, even if the worst case scenario does happen. And then we can work on taking proactive steps to ensure that that doesn't happen. But hey, it's not going to be that bad. (laughs) Just come at it from a solution standpoint. Yeah. You know, it's like I've got some studying that I've been doing and and read a book and it was like this concept of ready, set, go. When you encounter a problem or when you're in a situation where you're unsure about how to move forward or you're, you're feeling anxious or fearful about the future, you know, the ready is the acknowledgement, you know, like the, this, this mindset that, okay, yeah, the, the worst case possible scenario that I'm worrying about, it could happen. And if it does happen, sure. what then? That's that's kind of the the set. The set is, okay, if it does yeah. happen, I've got now two choices. You know, let's say somebody had knee problems like you gave an example of, and they're never able to have a fully functioning knee again. What's the alternative? You know, your life's over, that yep. you, you know, become sedentary. You, you, you know, you just sit on a couch for the rest of your life and have no enjoyment. Or do you have the courage now to maybe chart an alternative path or find a different solution? And that's where the go comes in. You know, figure out what you can do and yep. then move forward. Exactly. In my training and kind of getting into the physique world for the first time, I had my right hip reconstructed several years ago. I will probably at some point have to get my left hip reconstructed as well. I've been feeling over the last year since feeling pretty similar to how the other one did. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be a little bit bummed out if that actually does happen. Like I think that's normal to acknowledge that. But I also know that I'm going to be fine. And I've started instead of thinking about how much it's going to suck to have that pain again and to go to the surgery again and be on bed rest for however long, I've started thinking about like, what are some other things I could improve during that time? You know, I could, I could probably really get strong in my upper body. I could probably do a little bit of core work, things like that. So I think exactly like you're saying, it's like the way that you think about things, the situation may not change, but the way that you think about it is going to change how happy you are (laughs) and, and how you move forward from that. Yeah, I think that the happiness piece is a big component because if, you know, from a physical yeah. perspective, if if your mind is not right, if you're not happy, then it has a huge effect on 
your body and your ability and desire to be physical, your ability and desire to want to move forward. So yeah, you you do have yeah. to be very cautious about how you think and not going down the rabbit hole of despair and focusing on all the things that you can't do and instead focus on the things that you can do. And so along those, those exactly. lines, you now have a thriving practice. You're in Sacramento. You know, you work with folks. Like what's the ideal candidate a circumstance under which somebody might give you a call if they need help. Somebody that's chronic fatigue, somebody that's acute pain, like what, give us an example of the most consistent uh, client you deal with. Sure, sure. So I think that, I, I think my services would probably benefit people the most if they either have been uh, dealing with pain or kind of nagging injuries for a while someone that is in acute pain that is getting help elsewhere as well. You know, I, I really encourage people that have acute injuries to actually seek physical therapy and things like that on the side, uh, because I, I feel like there's a lot of benefit that can be gained there. Um, or somebody that just feels like I'm, I'm just starting out and I'm scared to embark on this journey. So kind of those, those three categories of people, so chronic, acute with some with some supplemental care or I guess I would be the supplemental care in that case or just the brand new beginner that maybe feels too intimidated to start on this fitness journey yeah I think that's a that's a good acknowledgement and um, awesome and mm-hmm. so how they find you on Instagram at coach Mariah pain-free fitness on Instagram are you also on Facebook yes I am yes I am and it's just, I think pain-free fitness on Facebook. Uh, if you search pain-free fitness, you'll find me. And then I also have my website is 10. So the, the number 10minutefit.com. I also have that, uh, that website as well. So 10minutefit.com. Okay. And so mm-hmm. as we close out the show, thank you so much for, um, you know, being a wonderful guest on the show. I just want to get your thoughts or ideas as to what you say. Like right now people are, are not feeling, I think, optimally. I think that they're feeling anxious. I think that there's a lot of people that were accustomed or used to going to a gym that now are having to figure out some way to pivot. And I I guess I'm just interested in your encouraging thoughts and and giving some hope to people right now that maybe recognize that the gym life of old may be different moving forward. And what could you say to encourage them about, you know, how to figure out an alternative? Sure. Sure. So the, I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is I promise, even if it doesn't feel like it, there is always something else you can do always. And that applies to more of the macro situations like you're talking about. If you can't go to a gym, that also applies to specific exercises. If you're limited in one specific small way, but there is always something that you can do. So don't lose sight of that. But what I would recommend people do in that case is take some time and write down what it is you feel like the limitation is. So let's say it's lack of access to a gym. So write that down and write down what it is that you feel like you're losing with that. After that, once you've kind of gotten that all out, kind of going to the depths of, of, of that pain, I will say, or that limitation, try to figure out how you can accomplish the same results, just not having that specific resource available. So kind of talking like like we were before about what is your ultimate goal? Now, how do you feel like this is preventing you from reaching that? And what are some other ways you can circumvent that to get to that same place? Right. Yeah. So maybe it's you decide that you want to sign up for a fitness app or um, you want to start walking or you want to start doing some body weight stuff or yoga or whatever it is at home. 
Um, there's so many different things you can do, but you really got to gotta hone in on what your goals are first and how you feel like you are limited and why. Yeah, I was uh, really shocked and very surprised in a good way at how physical, like my wife and I, so we have uh, a Peloton and we have the Peloton app and we've been doing the weight training uh, like 10 minutes, you know, in the morning. I've been doing yoga and also weight training and most of it's body weight stuff. And I could not believe how you know, sweaty I would get and how tired I would get and then uh, sore, you know, because we're doing it every, every morning. And like, you'd think 10 minutes, really? Like you think you've got to go to a gym. Like there's this mindset that, that, that the only place that you can be physical or the only place that will see results or whatever is the gym. And, and I've just been blown away at how much I can accomplish via an app. And I think if people really gave it a chance and actually sought it out more, there's a ton of resources online for people to be physical and to, and to train with nothing more than just their own body weight free resources too there's i mean i have i have several things on on my page and my youtube channel there's a youtube channel called fitness blender which i use all the time if i just want to mix it up a little bit like there are so many things you can do and uh i mean kudos to you guys for being open to just trying that and really recognizing how positive it can be yeah yeah it's it's been great and uh certainly something that we'll continue to do moving forward Thank you very much, Mariah. I really appreciate your feedback, your time. You've been awesome. And thank you for inspiring us all and and sharing your story of hope, especially for people that are in a situation where they feel like physicality has maybe uh, left the building for them personally. And and I think your message of there's always something that you can do is very well received. And um, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on. I've had so much fun. All right, Jen, what'd you think? I know you came in on the backside of our interview with Mariah, but what did you think about what she had to share? I thought it was actually very interesting. Um, I loved how, you know, if you can't work out physically, work on your mind because your mind is such a powerful thing. And that really resonated with me. Yeah, work on your, whether it's breath work, whether right. it's meditation, whether yeah. it's attitude, what maybe it's goal setting. Yeah, it's kind of like how we say change your face. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it's pivoting. I think yeah. it's one of those things where if you are in a situation where something isn't working for you, like you mm-hmm. encountered an obstacle that you did not expect to encounter. Yeah. Like you have the choice of sitting there and making it ruin everything, ruin your day, ruin your attitude, mm-hmm. etc. Or you have the option of going, okay, I'm going to gently set that aside. That's yeah. not what I expected. Yeah. But what can I do? Yes. I can work on my mind. I can work on my attitude. I can work on meditation. I can yeah. work on goal setting. I can work on breath work or something like There's that. There's always you something know? that you can do. Yeah. You know. I agree. And I thought that that message was very well received. I mean, right. I'm just thankful I don't have some sort of this Ehlers-Danlos condition yeah. where you've got this pain all the time. Imagine dealing with unrelenting pain. Yeah. I honestly, like, because I have been through this situation, not the exact situation, but yeah. having like pain with your shoulder. For, for three months and I get it. It's it's like torture. So, and that was only three months. Yeah. It's not like a life, lifetime Not like thing. her, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So, but like three months, like a lot went through my head in three months when I couldn't 
even move my body. So yeah, I agree. Well, I'm glad she came on and thank you yeah. very much, Mariah, for Great sharing your truth. And I want to get her in touch with Gavin. I, I mentioned that our mm-hmm. uh, second oldest son, because he's had some back pain. I want to get her in touch with him and him with her and yeah. see if she can't help him with some mobilization exercises, et cetera. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I think that'd be great. All right. When people want to connect with us, Jen, how do they do that? How do they find us? You can find us on Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and also on Instagram. Hope Radio Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. And you can always take us with you. You can download us and subscribe to us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Spotify. You can even you can even say Amazon Alexa, play Hope Radio podcast, and she'll play our most recent hope filled episode. Yes, that's awesome. Will. It's very awesome. Very convenient. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we're gonna do this again on another day. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's just let everyone know, just for purposes of kind of setting an expectation, that we're going to a Monday through Wednesday podcast. We're not doing Monday through Friday. And the reason is that the world's starting to open up. Our business is starting to open up. We have some other commitments. We get commitments. to start working. We get Yay. to start working again. But you know, we, what we're thinking is that we want to fuel the front side of your week. We want to get you through hump day, Wednesday, because once you get to Thursday, it's almost the weekend. So you're like Thursday by nature of being Thursday mm-hmm. is hope filled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Monday for a lot of people, not so hope filled. It's like Friday Eve. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It is that. So uh, we're going to do it again. We'll see you next week.